0: Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. Climate Chaos Week, a series of environmentalist demonstrations in Washington, D.C., punctuated by the vandalism of the Lafayette Park statue of Andrew Jackson with the ominous Expect Us, an attempt to storm the Department of the Interior Building, and scuffles between demonstrators and police. The Metropolitan Liberal Press may want to present these events as the grassroots upwelling of youthful fear of the supposed climate crisis. But my colleague, Parker Thayer, went behind the financing of the demonstrations and their organizer, Build Back Fossil Free. Uh, Parker, before we begin, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Um, Yeah, my name is Parker Thayer. I'm a new researcher here at the Capital Research Center. I'm a graduate of Hillsdale College, um, and I do a lot of work uh, looking into uh, left leaning groups and the financing behind them.
0: Uh, Okay, and so... Let's set the stage. What what was this whole Climate Chaos Week thing about?
1: Um, The the Climate Chaos Week, um, it was organized by uh, this group called Build Back Fossil Free. They're essentially they're trying to push the Biden administration uh, with the uh, budget bills going through Congress. They they wanted to push them in a further left direction, particularly on the issue of, um, you know, green energy sources. Uh, and and financing for climate change-related issues. So
0: so basically, the the, the fossil-free is to ban conventional energy and replace it with weather-dependent energy, yeah? Uh,
1: Essentially, yeah. I think their website talks a lot about um, fossil fuel moratoriums, the Biden administration seizing executive powers or emergency powers to um, ban all new fossil fuel projects, ending land leasing to any sort of uh, drilling companies, um, essentially just putting an end to fossil fuels. Mm Mm-hmm. And then
0: so who is so then what what do the demonstrators do like like I mean what what kind of was their approach going yeah. in again, I assume it's in it they they were timing it in advance of this u n climate conference
1: um yeah, the climate conference, and also um I think just the timing of the uh, infrastructure bill passing through congress they they like. Uh, Left leaning groups, particularly Greenpeace and 350.org and all of the environmentalist groups across the entire globe, really, uh, they use their preferred tactic of lining up to get arrested um, and then causing a scene when they get arrested. Uh, it's the it's
0: the, cl- it's the classic. I mean, this goes back to Saul Alinsky that um, in, in in I know in our Influence Watch piece on Alinsky, the writer quoted him as quoted Alinsky basically as saying uh that being arrested is a a, a price of entry for yeah.
1: leading it, it, it's a left, their left
0: center social movement
1: yeah it's their red badge of honor for all of these yeah they they, um, they all
0: they, they all think they're martin luther king in the birmingham jail exactly
1: and the reality is, is that most of them are anything but and the whole while they're funded by you know billionaire donors that they couldn't even have imagined were involved
0: yeah so let's let's start talking about about the organization and the donors. So, who who are Build Back Fossil Free?
1: Um, so, Build Back Fossil Free isn't actually a group that you'll find existing on paper or any sort of records anywhere. Um, they are a what's called a fiscally sponsored project of uh, a group called the Sustainable Markets Foundation. That, that is fond- that
0: is a fancy that is a fancy word
1: for front group, right? <laughs> exactly. They're they're just a front group. the uh, The donations to them are housed at the Sustainable Markets Foundation. Um, but because their project, you'll never be able to figure out who exactly those donors are, how much exactly is being spent on the Build Back Fossil Free protests, um, you know, who, who is responsible for them. It's, it's really hard to pin down exactly um, who is responsible. And uh, essentially, have- they, they, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, essentially, earlier in the year, they started organizing this protest. Um, they made a big announcement, a big deal of all of it, and they encouraged everyone to come out and then. Once everyone showed up, they all expected—I'm I'm assuming many of them expected—a a peaceful demonstration. But the protests became very, very rowdy and eventually became violent uh, very quickly. Yeah, like,
0: like didn't they attempt to to storm the? I mean, they they tried to storm the
1: Department of the Interior, didn't they? Uh, yes, they were—they <laughs> were tearing down fences outside the White House, and they walked into the Department of Interior, and apparently that was not allowed. Uh, And so they (laughs) were then removed from the Department of the Interior. um, And when they were removed, they didn't much like that. So they decided, we're going to go right back in. um, And then they failed.
0: Uh, So now looking at Sustainable Markets Foundation, like Sustainable Markets Foundation is basically a front group in and of itself, isn't it?
1: Uh, Sustainable Markets is also <laughs> essentially a front group. Um, they do have; uh, they're, they're led by Jay Hal They they do do a lot of um, kind of. They sort of try to frame what they do as right of center, uh, you know, nonpartisan work. Um, and you know, the Sustainable Markets Foundation. They they claim I mean, that they're all right. I mean, about I mean free
0: right at, right at right of center is probably a little bit of a stretch. I mean, Halfon, I've got his. Mm-hmm. I've got the Influence Watch page pulled up um and I'll I'll link it in the show notes along with uh Parker's piece. You know, he was at, uh he was the the executive director of New York Public Interest Research Group. That's that's Ralph right. Nader. That's way, way left.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so these guys their biggest donors, uh Ford Foundation donates a lot to them. Uh Rockefeller Family Fund. You, you will you
0: will um, our listeners will remember the Ford Foundation from a couple of weeks ago when there was a great deal of controversy over what uh um, and, you know, after the the activists confronted uh, Senator Sinema, Democrat of Arizona,
1: uh, living and for, then, living united for change in Arizona. The yes, united, living united, living, living well. united
0: for change in Arizona. And in uh, and that pr- uh, prompted uh, J.D. Vance and later Blake Masters, who's also running for uh, U.S. Senate, um, to recommend uh, that the tax code be changed to uh uh to to discipline uh the the ford foundation and similar again just by the nature of it you know we our our research capital research center has shown that you know advocacy spending is about four to one in favor of left progressive interests versus right conservative um you know when it comes to these huge foundations Mm -hmm. uh that that imbalance is probably greater um oh yeah
1: and And, you know and and the foundations that are involved in funding these sort of things i I do think there's you know they do need to be held responsible in public perhaps um you know have their reputations tarnished a little bit for you know the the damage that these (laughs) they're i mean there there's vandalism there's harassment of public officials um, blocking traffic, all sorts of things that they're directly paying for. I mean, and I mean, and and,
0: and, fa- and fair is fair. I mean, we see a lot of coverage on the left of the organizations on the right that funded groups that were mm-hmm. tangential to, somewhat supportive of, not sufficiently opposed to the January sixth demonstrations that resulted in the Capitol riot. You know, I mean, this is. Obviously, there are some, there, you know, there are important differences because that cheating uh, well, was the decision of the election. But it's the same basic principle of, you know, we're going to go have a demonstration and then we're going to, you know, march, you know, march without permission into a government building to try to influence government action.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's it's much worse in this case than any Republican group that was tangentially involved to any sort of protest. Uh, related to the election. Uh, As far as I know, there were only groups tangentially related at best. In this case, these protests were directly organized weeks in advance, scheduled, marketed, communicated with other groups that they knew were going to show up, um, like Greenpeace and 350.org, and and cause problems, be violent. They have a history of doing so. um, And this was directly planned by the Sustainable Markets Foundation. And then afterwards, if you go to the Build Back Fossil-Free Coalition's website, uh, you can see a list of supporters, uh, you know, people that are um, funding them, all sorts of things. Uh, you know, corporations like Ben and Jerry's in Patagonia are even involved. But nowhere on that website is any mention of the Sustainable Markets Foundation at all. They do not want people to know uh, and attempted to hide, apparently, um, who was really organizing the protests. I
0: mean, uh, that's and that's one of the things that you can do when you have a fiscal sponsorship set up. I mean, we've obviously on on this program, we've covered Arabella advisors. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, they're by far the biggest, but you have things like Alliance for Global Justice, which is kind of more on the radical left. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, these, these fiscal sponsorships allow you to build a, what by any meaningful understanding is an organization That if it's claiming nonprofit tax status, would have to file a Form 990, a tax return with the IRS, and in that tax return with the IRS, they'd have to make a number of disclosures about how much they're paying their executive officers, about who's on their board, um, Mm -hmm. if they're making contributions outside to other organizations, the contributions they're making outside to other organizations, uh, and, and fiscal sponsorship allows you not to make those disclosures for your project because it all gets kicked up one level to your sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, so who are the groups like who funds Sustainable Markets Foundation? Now, let's let's go up the let's go up the step in the chain. Who funds Sustainable yeah. Markets?
1: Um, so kind of at the top of the chain behind the whole uh, climate chaos week, it seems to be that the biggest donor to uh The Sustainable Markets Foundation was uh, Eric Schmidt, who is the he was a former CEO of Google. He worked with the Obama administration extensively. Um, He's very well known for uh, contributing. I think in 2020, he contributed millions of dollars to the Democratic Party. Uh, So it's interesting that someone so involved, uh, you know, such a large sponsor of what eventually became the Biden administration's agenda, uh, is now responsible for protests that essentially tried to push it further left. Um, apparently Eric Schmidt was not satisfied with how far left the country or how far left he was able to push uh, the country with PAC contributions um, and is now trying to use agitation protest techniques to get it pushed further.
0: I mean, I mean, this is pretty standard, you know, I, I mean, again, kind of what we do at Capital Research Center, what we do at Influence Watch is pointing out that, you know, my, my, kind of half joking slogan is there is no such thing as grassroots you have all these you know either long established institutions many of which were created by at least capitalists if not conservatives things like the ford foundation the macarthur mm-hmm. foundation uh yeah. the carnegie uh you know the carnegie well, i mean,
1: even yeah the rockefellers as well <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah now uh, funding environmentalist protests <laughs> right,
0: yeah, no, John D. Rockefeller makes all his money, sell, uh, you know, becoming the monopolist in oil, and now, uh, now they're basically a... Uh, Stable Markets, Markets Foundation. Right, and I mean, Rockefeller Foundation's basically, uh, you know, for, for everyone who's ever benefited from, you know, oil, gas, uh, you know, that, that were, again, the basis of the... Rockefeller Fortune, you know, now they want to pull up the bridge and mm-hmm. make everyone rely on weather dependent energy. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: um, yeah, it, it's it's really a problem. And, and I mean, when you have private foundations getting involved in these sort of uh, in the fiscally sponsored projects like Build Back Fossil Free, it, it allows them to fund you know, uh, political advocacy in ways that their private foundation wouldn't be able to do. I mean, they could have their own personal project um, created at, you know, some a C3 organization that they're granting to, um, and, and no one else is interested in funding this advocacy except for them. It could be their own project entirely, and no one would ever be the wiser because of the way that it's, the disclosure rules work. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
0: and then sort of what else does Sustainable Markets Foundation do?
1: Um, so another thing the Sustainable Markets Foundation does is they they, ha- they have a proclivity for using uh, kind of front groups. Um, one of their biggest projects is the Climate Investigation Center, um, which, you know, it essentially just keeps an eye on. Um, you know, people that they allege are contributing massively to climate change. Uh, it, it, it's a information clearinghouse for all things uh, lefty environmental activism. Um, mm. And instead of, you know, managing the project themselves, they pay a uh, consulting firm called Our Next Economy millions of dollars to manage that as well. Uh, so there's really nothing that they do uh, that they, they're they willing to put their name on. They don't have a website. They don't have you know any sort of social media presence that I know of. Um, they're very behind the scenes and they love to use these, these project groups. Um, so it's, so it's a real, so, so
0: it's truly like a pass through manager of front organizations way to, uh, how do I not use a metaphor related to the cleaning of clothes, um, <laughs> of, you know, money and effort from, again, these sort of these large foundations, uh, and these you know major uh major individual donors uh you know run them through sustainable markets foundation again all of this is perfectly legal and then uh you know move that money and effort into these either fiscally sponsored projects or outside groups
1: yeah they're they're very ambiguous about everything they do they don't they don't like taking the spotlight um you know, ambiguity is kind of the enemy of good intentions. If you're if you mean to do well, then most of the time you're going to be very public about what you're doing. Uh, and in this case, they are not They are anything but public about it. And their 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 list of donors kind of suggests that, uh, you know, either there's ulterior motives involved or um, they really just don't want people to know that they're mostly funded by billionaires.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's pretty straightforward that it's all, you know, it's the giant foundations, it's, you know, rich liberals like Schmidt, you know, this is, you know, I, I mean, the the Republican many, you know, several years ago, there's a report that the Republican staff of the Senate Committee on Environment and Public Works put out that, you know, linked, you know, called the network that Sustainable Markets Foundation was in the Billionaires Club. and. You know, some of those billionaires are now deceased, you know, John D. Rockefeller, uh uh John D. Rockefeller being the most prominent, <laughs> because it's his money that's uh, you know, being uh handled through the Rockefeller Foundations. Um but you know, it really is a a, a coalition of billionaires living and dead who are yeah. who are keeping this, this group prominent in the environmentalist movement.
1: Yeah. Um it, it's it's really what when you get these billionaires involved, th- their funding on their own is okay, but when you get when they get involved with these these projects, uh it, it really gets very messy very quickly. Um and has the potential for a lot of you know, underhanded tactics to be used. Um to kind of go back to that, uh there's another involved with the the build back fossil free protest was a whole nother group um which has its own website, you know, for all intents and purposes, to the outside uh, observer, this is its own group. It's called People versus Fossil Fuels, which is itself a project of the Build Back Fossil Free coalition, meaning that it is a project of a project of a foundation that is uh, oh, that, you know, that operating is, behind the scenes.
0: That is classic. That, I mean, I mean, you see this not just with, you know, one, one of the classic tactics of liberal activism is they'll put out the. You know, 253 groups in, you know, New York State call for, you know, an 83 percent requirement for wind energy. And, you know, half of them are projects of, mm-hmm. you know, they're all funded by the same, you know, 10 foundations and half of them are projects of of the others. I mean, this this was uh, uh, what is it called? Move it. Move, oh. No, I'm shoot, I'm forgetting I'm forgetting the name of it, but there was a there was a um there was a a a an organization, I think it was based out in California, that basically ran, you know, a bunch of these groups, kind of one for each liberal leaning ethnicity. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that whenever and whenever they would go after, you know, back when Glenn Beck was on Fox News, you know. It mm-hmm. would be, you know, 15 civil rights organizations and it was and all, all just one. And they were, you know, it was like color of change and then like 10 from the from this from this organization. Yeah, it, it's, it's giving like it's giving the it's, it is an engagement the, lab. That's yeah, it's, the name it's, it's of the it.
1: appearance. It's the appearance of uh, grassroots, you know, kind of strength in numbers. Um, that. It's either it's designed to persuade politicians or it's designed to convince, you know, the people involved in the protest to get more involved because they think that, you know, the whole world is on their side. But the reality is, is that it's just one person or a handful of people.
0: It's a, hand, it's a handful of it's a handful of people working through an organized institution uh, like that exists.
1: Scene, it's like that scene from Home Alone where, uh, you know, little Kevin is puppeteering. You know, cardboard cutouts of Michael Jordan and mannequins to make it look like there's 40 people in his house. It, it's essentially the same thing that these groups are doing. Well,
0: well, uh, Parker. Before we break, is there anything more you'd like to? Is there anything we're missing, or is there anything else you'd like to promote while you're here?
1: Um, not particularly. I mean, as as it, the whole story kind of got missed on the national scale. So I'm glad we're here to talk about it. Um, because the media did not like very much talking about uh, when left leaning groups get. Uh, violent. It was mostly peaceful. Uh, mostly peaceful. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, mostly boat peaceful. But fiery.
1: But fiery. Well, it wasn't um, too fiery. It, it wasn't too yeah. fiery. We'll, we'll give them. There was a lot of spray paint involved, though.
0: There was some spray paint, but there wasn't. It wasn't particularly fiery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let me once again. Oh, unless uh, were you? Do you have some more? No. Nope. All right. Well, then let me once again thank my colleague Parker Thayer for joining us. You can read his work, including his article exposing the backers of climate chaos week, at CapitalResearch.org. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week.